This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. the geek from auditor mo's house in boca raton florida and i'm jamie jennings in phoenix arizona and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for september 18th episode 1778 brought to you today by omega alpha equine good morning horse world it's monday monday is my favorite time of This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Well, we're back, everybody. We're not live, but we're back. We're limping along here and happy to be back on the show. As I said earlier in the intro, Jamie, we're, we're actually coming to you from Auditor Moe's house here in beautiful Boca Raton with a lot less trees than we're here a week ago. How did she get yeah. so lucky as to have you at her house? Hi, Mo. Hi. <laughs> Well, apparently, so the rumor this morning is that uh, my house is on the same power grid as the hospital. I don't oh. know if that's true or not. So I actually never lost power. So I, do, I did lose internet for a day. Yeah. Mo's wow. been the, one of the few lucky ones here in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just lucky the hospital didn't lose power. That's kind of the yeah. more important part of that. <laughs> Well, and so Mo was kind enough. What early last week you said, "Well, come on down, yeah. join us down yeah. here," and I said, "Well, we'll have power and internet back by next week." And then uh, no. we just got our power back. Jennifer's still at home. We just got it back over the weekend, but the internet came on for about uh, fifteen minutes. She said, and then is back off again. So, uh, so that's what's going on there. That's why I'm at Mo's house down here. Jemmy and Yay. I are going to be working here all week to get the shows out. Thank you so much for doing this and letting us invade your territory. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to do it. I think um, in the auditor room, a lot of people were going through withdrawal and there was starting to be some whining. So <laughs> as a fellow auditor, I felt I needed to support um, the psychological development and well-being maybe of the rest of the auditors. So I'm happy we could get back up on the air. They all thank you. They're, <laughs> they really appreciate it. Well, uh, we're going to, we're gonna, Jamie, let's go over what we're going to be doing on today's show. Uh, we're we're going to be talking I'll, I'll, for the first half hour about the hurricane. We're going to get caught up up on all of the horse radio network gang who a lot didn't of more didn't you just tell me that you wanted me to say it and now you're saying it all i was gonna let you do the rest oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> and wait okay <laughs> i was gonna do today's on today's show mo but i would like to thank you mo for getting our shows back up and running because i really hated having a whole entire week to sleep in it was just terrible i know i know i thought I, about that it was funny because glenn said i'll be there at eight tomorrow is that okay i'm like yeah sure it's fine and my brother was here and he's like you know eight's kind of early for you and i thought <laughs> well but if jamie can get up at five i, mean, I can make it up by seven <laughs> 
Just to have lots. That's what I do. Jammies and coffee. There you go. Um, so anyway, on today's show, we're checking in with all of the Horse Radio Network hosts. Uh, we're going to have Emily and Wendy, and then we're going to talk to Dr. Chang. And um, then, as requested, I-, I forgot one day, Mo, and I got lots of angry emails back today, teen equestrian social media drama. Yeah, that's right, baby. Got got a couple of them. <laughs> I can hardly wait. And then Leslie Wiley. And then we're going to have Monty on for a few minutes to talk to, excuse me, to talk about something going on at his farm. So we will talk to all of those. And then we have to end the day with our Penny Chenery interview. We got to interview her August of 2013. It was episode 730. So we are going to talk. Uh, we're going to play the interview because it was unbelievable so sad we lost penny over the weekend and and she passed away on saturday and our sincere heartfelt condolences to the family of penny i was so sad to hear about her passing uh she was a woman that i looked up to so much and she created this legacy and she was a powerful woman and she i mean obviously the owner of secretariat and the actual breeder of secretariat and if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know where you've been, but definitely such an inspiration to me and women everywhere. So her legacy is going to live on through all the great work she did, but very, very sad. So we're going to play our interview with her that we did back in 2013. And I'm, I'm wanting to watch the movie again now, you know, this, know. I'm going to do that in the next couple of weeks. So I definitely want to watch the movie again. Yeah. So we'll do that at the very end of the show. Aww. Well, let's, uh, Let's do our daily winnies. Well, my daily winnie goes out to everybody in Florida and also to Melanie and Kim, who we spent the the uh, horrifying night of the hurricane. We were they were up. We went over to Charlotte's house with our horses because we weren't sure our barn would be safe. And I'll tell you a story about that then. But so we went over the day before to Charlotte's house. We moved our horses over. We moved us over because we weren't sure at that point whether we were going to have a home to go back to because ours is a modular house. And if the winds had gotten above 100, we probably wouldn't have. A lot of people didn't in Florida, in South Florida. So we moved all our valuables out. We moved all the equipment out for Horse Radio Network. And we moved to Charlotte's house. Well, Jamie, Charlotte has this beautiful farm. And Charlotte is one of our auditors, and she's also a para rider. She's one I have lunch with every Friday. Mm-hmm. And we went over to her place, and her mom was there, and she's lovely. And we, there were the four of us, these two girls that came up from South Florida with their horses, and they had no place to go. They, through a friend of a friend, they ended up calling Charlotte, and Charlotte said, yes, come to our barn. So they ended up at our barn, not knowing when they started driving in that horrendous traffic with no gas, whether they were going to make it to North Florida at that point. So they came up and they were there. So it was the four of us. Charlotte was at a different barn. It was the four of us. And we had Charlotte's apartment, but the windows were not hurricane rated. And we're kind of duct taped on a little bit in the apartment in the barn. So we were like, okay, we're not spending the evening in there. So we ended up in all four of us and two dogs in the 10 by 12 tack room for the remainder of the day, Sunday and into the day when it ended on Monday. Uh, It was cozy, but let me tell you, we felt safe because the whole tack room was concrete block walls all the way around. And the two sliding doors were made of solid steel. So we were pretty safe in the tack room. Um, That's such a horse chick right there, by the way. To <laughs> your, 
freaking apartment could be broken into by somebody going, <laughs> and yet your tack room is block walls, metal doors. Yes. <laughs> so we were on the floor in there. Uh, we had the cushions from the couches, and we had box springs, and uh, it got you know it got pretty loud. That you down here for you too, Mo. It yeah. got pretty wicked. It was about. It started. We lost power. Get this, Jamie. So the wind started kicking up a little bit in the afternoon, around noontime, up with for us. You, yeah. yeah, you much earlier. The night before. Yeah. yeah. So around noon, ours started kicking up. We lost power at one o'clock in the afternoon. We were one of the first to lose power. And by the way, Charlotte still doesn't have power after all this time. So we were one of the first to lose power. So we were all day without power. The water had stopped. Fortunately, we had poured all the water for the horses before because city people don't realize that when you live on a farm, you have a pump and the pump don't work without electricity. There was a generator at the house that wasn't working, of course. So, you know, all of these things happened at the same time. But that night, it started getting wicked for us at about 2, 3 in the morning. It was wicked. But I see what, what everybody, and you've been through some hurricanes down here. I see what yeah. you all say about when you're in a tornado or a thunderstorm or something like that, when you're, it's quick. It's 15, 20 minutes of thunderstorms by and the winds mm-hmm. are died down. Here it's just, it was 12 to 18 hours of howling winds. Yeah. And I think this the hurricane was so massive. I, when I've been in hurricanes before, it's like six to eight hours of bunker down. But this was, I mean, almost 24 hours from beginning to end with the tornado warnings and the the tropical storm that started in the beginning so that that was the hardest it was so long <laughs> and you had a tornado go through right near we here did. It took all the trees yeah. down and i mean and there's trees down everywhere to describe my drive through the state our neighborhood got hit really hard and i got to tell you a story jamie and you're going to be happy because we did bug out <laughs> um but we you know we weren't sure what we were going to find i was so happy to get pictures from our landlord did you stay in the tack room that whole 18 hours yeah, we were in there. Yeah, well, we were in and out checking on the horses because the barn was also concrete block. Now, the thing we were worried about is there's four massive live oak trees at each corner mm-hmm. of the barn. And as we'll discover in a minute, that's not necessarily a good thing. But we, uh, I got pictures the next morning from our landlord of the house still being there. But our farm was a wreck. We lost five live oak trees. Aww. And Jamie, get this. So our barn is a 12 store bar, 12 stall barn and it's kind of open in Florida style. Their two horses stayed with them in this in the barn. And there was a massive 120 foot tree that was right beside the barn. When we got home, that tree had come down the exact opposite direction. Wow. If it had fallen, it would have hit the barn and killed the horses. It would have been bad. I mean, it would have destroyed the barn. It was it was longer than the barn was long. The tree was. So it would have been a bad situation. And we just have a mess. I mean, there's going to be we're going to be cleaning up for weeks. But the house was still there. The barn was still there. Everybody was fine. So uh, this is still your daily winnie, right? Um <laughs> Are you saying actually, I should, about no, that? I actually uh, d- did. We, I just went on. I forgot. I, look, I'm totally out of it. I've been totally out of it. I'm like, like do I have to do a show this morning? <laughs> so what I was going to ask is, is there like a, when I did the animal rescue for Katrina and we went to Mississippi, there was such a sense of community and a feeling that everybody was in it together. You know, you there, the, there's no lights at the intersection and people would stop and say, you please go ahead, please, you know, no. And they'd be like, no, you no, you here, please take this. I want you to have this. And, and there was just such a generosity. Is Florida experiencing that? 
I think so, and 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 a little bit. But I think where I see it the most is in the horse community. All the Facebook pages for Central Florida and the horse community were like, "We have power. We have water. Come get, just come get water for your horses." Um, and you know that's something we 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 had to do all week too was go to my brothers who had a generator to get water. But that was happening. I think the horse community especially yeah. was doing that because everybody's worried about each other's horses, and when you don't have water. At, for days, for weeks now, for mm-hmm. some people, our Denise, our guest wrangler who lives in Ocala, still does not have power. Yeah. Wendy doesn't have power. She has a generator, but so. What I think, like here, you see it in the neighborhood. All the neighbors share. But uh, so I'm in Boca, which, if you're not familiar with, is where a lot of people's grandparents come to. You I know? was going to say, I think uh, <laughs> his grandma lived there. Yeah, there's a Jerry Seinfeld episode actually about Boca del Mar, which is like a mile up the road from here. Del Boca Vista. Yeah, it's a real place. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's a real know. place. But uh, so we have a lot of, um, how shall we say, non-Southerners that relocate here. So I would say in the neighborhoods, people are very much like that. But where the um, street lights are still down, the d- traffic lights are still down, people don't really quite get the four-way stop concept. That's, Did you find that this morning, Glenn? Mo yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying. And you have to be yeah. careful. You have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, got, listen to me. You know. This is a show where we keep it real. And <laughs> what you just basically said is them damn Yankees aren't stopping. <laughs> yes. At the four ways. And That's we need to get these old damn Yankees <laughs> to come to a four way stop. Yes. It's the New Yorkers who didn't learn to drive till they were 80 and yeah. they retired to Florida and they got a driver's license. There you go. That Those people. Me to in fact the county um the county sheriff all the local police departments for days on their twitter accounts facebook accounts they had this little i don't what like a uh a, an image i guess i just kept posting of what to do if this is what the light looks like you do this if it's red flashing you do this and they just kept reposting it and they would say i guess we need to keep posting this no i guess you need <laughs> not use social media for 80 year old drivers down in del boca vista <laughs> All right, my turn, my turn, my turn for a daily Winnie. (laughs) My daily Winnie goes out to all of our sweet, sweet listeners that helped with this because, well, it actually goes out to to Dear Lucky. It is my two-year anniversary. Oh, is it really? Yes, I can't believe it. Facebook Memories is awesome because I don't remember any anniversary. So (laughs) this is great. I saw my my memories yesterday that I reposted his jailbird video and um, (laughs) when I saw it. And I'm sure that the time I hit share to probably the next 20 minutes, I was like, husband, I have to go get this dog. And of course they were closing. So I had to go today. So today is our official anniversary of the day I adopted him. And looking back at that video, oh my gosh, he was so skinny and so sad. Now he's (laughs) fat. He's huge. He's like barely moves. He's happy. (laughs) He looks happy. Last time I saw him, he looked really happy. Oh my God. I love that dog too much. It's like painful. (laughs) He kind of is the people's dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Chad is equally happy that today is his two year anniversary. Yeah. I'm sure Chad really cares. (laughs) Is, is, Is Chad happy that he's not having as many vet bills now? Um, I think, I think all Chad thinks when he sees that dog is number one, vet bill. Number two, it lucky does not really warm particularly to Chad. (laughs) 
And so the barking, he, 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 he'd be like, come inside, come inside, Lucky, come here, come here, come here, Lucky, come here, Lucky, Lucky, come here. <laughs> and Lucky's like, yeah, I'm just going to lay here and wait for mama. <laughs> and I'll be like, Lucky, come here. And he like, gallops in, you know. <laughs> so there's two so. mama boys in that family now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> Well, we want to uh, also give our best to Joe Meyer, host of the Eventing Radio Show. He did not fare so well in the storm. I don't know if uh, I reposted some of the pictures of his house on our Facebook page, but during the height of it in the evening, he had a huge live oak tree. He lives in this, actually, not too far from where we were. He lives in a two story house, and it's a well built house. I think it was stone, even. It looked like stone. It looked like stone, yeah. Yeah. Um, But he had this huge, huge, massive live oak tree come down through his second story. put a big hole in the roof. Uh, he, he and 10 of his people were in the first story when this happened. The problem was it was pouring 14 inches of rain at the time and the whole house flooded. He said it looked like a waterfall coming into the house. So not only did he have the second story get pretty much trashed, the old house is pretty much trashed because of all the water that came in. So we give him, him our best. He, uh, uh, he, he, however, Give it an adventure, right? Jamie, tough stock. Goes to a show this weekend and wins. Oh. <laughs> On the way to the show, he gets that girl music. If I could play it right now, I would. Because on the way to the show, they had two flat tires on the truck and trailer on the way. It took them hours longer than it should have. <laughs> and he still went and won. So that's an adventure right there. That's the true epitome of an adventure. It's like a revenge win. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like screw the universe. I'm right. winning anyway. Amazing. So, <laughs> so our best to Joe Meyer. He uh, And we wish him luck in, in getting everything rebuilt. And if there's anything I hear more about that as far as his house and farm is concerned, the farm was fine. Everybody was fine. Uh, nobody was hurt. Matter of fact, I'm sure there was in the South. I mean, there were whole communities destroyed. They're still flooding down there. I, I have not heard personally of any horses that were injured in all of this. <laughs> uh, we're going to check in with Emily here shortly and Wendy to find out how their horses made out. Emily had to move all 12 of her horses and Wendy's were outside during all of this. And Sarasota ended up getting hit pretty good. So. Yeah. And I know a bunch of people from my barn, which is a concrete barn, but they still uh, relocated to Ocala and Sarasota for the storm, which was which was a bad move. A yeah. Move. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that was the thing. A lot of people relocated to our area and then we ended up getting the eye of the mm-hmm. storm. So you, you just don't know what these things. And now there's another one brewing out there. Maria. Maria's taking the same exact path as Irma at this point, And they're expecting to be a category four in the next couple of yeah. days. Yeah. And our best to everybody in the islands down there, which were just decimated. Um, I think they're saying it's going to hit Barbuda and Antigua today or tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. They have a watch up for them, so it must be tomorrow. And they moved everybody out of Barbuda to Antigua, uh, but it's just sad. So we're going to let's check in with Emily Thompson now, host of The Jumping Show. And we will uh, get her on the line here and see how she made out in Wellington, not too far from us. No. And uh, which we had to have a ton of trees down, too, because Wellington and and that Luxahatchee. Luxahatchee. uh, Flooded, I know. And. Yeah. About 20 minutes north of here is where you start to see really big trees down, and that's Loxahatchee and that whole area, yeah. And her house was completely surrounded by trees where she lives. So we'll see how she makes out. Let's get Emily on the line right now. Well, we got Emily Thompson. Uh, not a great cell signal because we don't get those in the south of Florida right now, but you're here, right? 
I am here. I am here. I know we're doing it different on the phone than uh, the microphone, but uh, yep, got to keep it going. Feeding all the horses. <laughs> Had to take the cell phone. <laughs> How are how, did you, you moved all your horses out of Laksa, Laksahatchee, right? Oh my God, I did. I had fifteen to move. Um, I moved. I moved them all. Four dogs, and uh, I recently, you know, I have a rat problem at the other place, and so I recently um, said okay to an adoption of a feral mama cat who is right now in a coyote trap with four kittens. I'm really classy. So I moved all of them over into Wellington for the hurricane into Grand Prix Village, which is like, you know, the t- for the top. Uh, all the broodmares and stuff. We don't belong here. But, uh, yeah, I'm still there. I was kind of back. You know, it's been like a week, but have part, part of my stalls washed out, so I couldn't move them all back. And I'm trying to get out of here. And it's crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, I know you're in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. But it's like the evacuation is hard but the putting it back together is like almost harder like take longer i'm so (laughs) do you did you have damage at your farm and power do you have power we didn't have power for three days um they did have power at paul valley farms in grand prix village which is where i evacuated to um so i've been i was sleeping on an air mattress in the tack room for like three days yeah, but your um, place then, is called Grand Prix Village. How awesome is that? <laughs> well, my evacuation destination is Grand Prix Village, yes. Which is like <laughs> a big joke because, you know, we're attached to the horse show. And, okay, some of my horses are that caliber. But, like, when I brought everybody, I've got, like, broodmares, like a mother and a baby, you know, yearling. I'm oh. just like, all right, guys, like, this is your, your arrival. You're in Grand Prix Village. You know, it's not going to happen again. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice here. It's really nice. So thank God Paul was so kind and let us stay because I can't move everybody back with all 15. Some of my salt at the other barn, we had damage, like power out, all the trees are down, flooding, entire like bottoms of, um, some of our shed row stalls washed out. Um, so it's like a process. I'm like, you know, going and pricing loads of things to like get back to the farm and like filling stalls. It's just like, will I ever ride again? Who knows? Yeah, that's a that's another part with, with with horse people is you can't just even Jennifer there was like no place to ride didn't have branches and trees down. <laughs> I know, I know. I did some of mine. I've been doing because I've been here so long. I've been doing um some trail riding. Like I don't want to mess up anyone's rings because they're already like you know perfect and crowned and left alone preparing for circuit. So I'm like, all right, you know, some of these guys I'll trail ride. So at least they're getting out and thank God for that. But yeah, like our paddocks are crazy. So I'm like walking like the broodmare and the uh, five month old baby, like talk about crazy, you know, it takes like three of us to get them to behave, but uh, it is, it's, it, it takes so much longer. You think, okay, the storm, but it's been all of this on the backside. That's just, it's a lot. It is certainly a lot. So we'll hopefully get back over there just in time for Maria. Thinking positive there, like, Emily. Oh no, I was like, I'm half in, I'm half out. People are telling me like there's another storm coming. Like after last year, which was my first hurricane, you know, because I hadn't been down in Florida, I've been up in New York, obviously. The whole time, and in retrospect, I was not prepared. Thank God we did not get hit last year. This year, I felt very prepared. Um, but you know, there were a couple things that didn't go perfectly smoothly. So now, for the next one, I think I think I got it down. Like 15 verses, no problem move them over, got the shave. I, I got it down. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But yeah, it's like, you know, I've got way too many horses for one person because, okay, I run the business, but then I've got my personal horses, which are breeding horses. Like they should be in a field. 
you know, during an evacuation, I'm like, wow, I have too many of you. Like, you three times a day. I have to clean your stall. Like, it's like it's all hit me. I'm like, I'm like the crazy cat lady with horses. Like, I have to stop it. I can't handle another evacuation. <laughs> well, we're not too far apart. I'll take you out to drinking tomorrow night, okay? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm excited to see you. You're in uh, Boca, right? I heard. Yeah, I'm in Boca, so I'll I'll be up, but we'll take you out. Okay, good. I need it. I'm like frazzled. <laughs> you saw that photo I posted on my Facebook of the, yes. um, that owl that everyone's at, like legit, like that's me. I'm like my eyes aren't even like focusing on the same stuff. I'm like <laughs> totally retarded. So where, Glenn? Where are your horses? Did you like move them or what? Yeah, we got them back. We got them back home. Uh, There's we have five big trees down on the farm, but the houses and the barn both made it. Luckily, Um, oh thank God! But it's it's just a mess, you know. Jennifer's still back there. We just got power a couple days ago, so we're back. You know, the other problem we haven't talked about, Jamie, that this is something that I will never think the same about again is gas. We had no gas in this state, so. It was any place you drove, and I know, Emily, you're probably the same way. Any place you drove, you had to think, how much gas was I going to use? Because I'm not going to be able to get gas. So you had to think about every trip you made, and you didn't go if you weren't sure you weren't going to get gas. The lines were 50 to 100 deep on the few gas stations that did have gas. Um, So so today, I'm driving this little rental. And down, too. Yes, exactly. With materials, you grow. I'm like, can, can I make this trip with the trailer? Should I just drop the trailer, even though it's extra work, and then go go without the trailer? It's something that we never thought about, and I'm sure the state is now thinking about, is the gas situation with 6 million people evacuating the state. It just sucked everything dry and no deliveries being made. And it was. Uh, it's finally getting back to normal. But today, I got down to three quarters of a tank in my rental car, and I was looking for a gas station. Uh, it, you you right? just get in that mode, right? I know. <laughs> and then now, like, who knows if there's even possibly going to be like a thunderstorm coming? I'm like, I gotta get gas, you know? If everyone's gonna freak out and take all the water and the gas. I gotta freak out first. Get mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not my style. I'm like not that person. Um, by the way, I did get Peggy. I don't know uh, if I uh, followed up with you on that, but we did get her stalls. Um, the woman from the Keys. Your friend oh, from good. the Keys with the three horses. Yeah, she she got up and she's safe. Uh, and her horses are fine. So she's kind of stranded here for a minute. Um, Did you know if her farm there, is still there in the Keys? Yeah, they're still waiting on information. It's Everything's very, very damaged. Um, so so still waiting on uh, confirmation that was a, on that. She has... Uh, I was going to say that was as explained to people. That was a story. I have a friend that's a podcaster, Jamie, in the Keys. She's a good friend. And I just seen, saw her, spent a day with her in California. And she wrote to me and said, I have a f- good friend down here in the Keys. She's one of the only ones with horses. She had three horses on a little tiny farm in the Keys. And we need to get out, but she only has a two-horse trailer. What can we do? Oh and, and then <laughs> and then I called Emily <laughs> I and I said, you. Don't worry. If we can get them to to Wellington, can you find them a place? And so through the power of Horse Radio Network and social media, she found a place, got another trailer, and transported them up and got out before the storm hit. And now we don't even know if she has a farm. So, but Yeah, it, at least she's safe. And she had a neat deal because she was actually planning on moving uh, to Hawaii, lucky girl. So she had already she was already moving in that direction. So she's a little bit more lighthearted than some of the other people I know from the Keys because she's out, her things are out, her horses are safe. Um, so, but yeah, she, I mean, she got in just barely under the wire because she 
with the, she still had to make two trips and she also came with cats and all, I mean, all of us, I mean, how do you evacuate horse people? It's just a nightmare. Um, but yeah, no, she's safe and our horses are, are well. And the, the people whose farm that was able to get her at center block farm and everything, they, so many people, like so many people that I know down here with show horses, like literally loaded up big rigs and just pulled out like entire farms were empty. So that was one of the farms where the people left and went up to, you know, out way outside in Georgia. Uh, no. I'm not planning on coming back until things are normal Thanks. here. I mean, the horse show grounds looks like the apocalypse. Well, thank you, Emily, for coming on today and, if, and letting everybody know you're okay. And thank you for helping that woman out. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Of course. Yeah. I hope everybody else is okay. I'll be interested to keep hearing the updates. What a nightmare. All right. Thanks, Emily. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow right. night. We'll, we'll have a I'll martini or two, okay? I know, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Bye, Jamie. Good Bye. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hang in there. Oh, still going on. You know, for those of us that are not in the mix of it, it seems like it was a week ago, you know, and, and, and now for, for those of you guys in it, it's just, that's just, I mean, she is going through a disaster right now. Well, what a you mess. Know, it is. And it's, you could hear it in her voice, couldn't you? And that's the yeah, way everybody's just... voices are down here. Denise, who has no power. Wendy. Well, let's get Wendy on and find out. She's She actually never, she has a whole house generator, thanks to Kyle being smart and put one in, in this summer. Hello. Hello, Dr. Wendy. How are you guys doing? All right. How are you doing? Did you get power yet? Yep, we have power. Yay! You got your power? Yep. Now, how... Were you scared or nervous when they said that you were going to get a, what they thought was going to be a Cat 5 at the time it made the turn around the bottom and came up toward you? Well, yeah, I started to get scared then. But and there's nothing we could scared. do. We couldn't do anything about it. You know, and I've been through a big hurricane in North Carolina. And that that first one was really scary. But now, your horses were out in this. We always have the argument about do you keep your horses in or do you leave them out? And they were out, right? They were out, um, and I think they're better out, you know, because of the, the, all the issues that you see with the horses, for the most part, when they, when they really get severe injuries is when the barn falls on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine live out all the time, so they can at least get away. Or if a tornado comes, it doesn't matter how strong your barn is, you know, that's going to get ripped up. But if a tornado comes, they can get out of the way, hopefully, you know, depending on how big it is. So you can never totally protect them, but I, mine stayed out. However, I did have the garage set up so that they could come in if it really got horrible. And my garage, my house is like a concrete block house and we have, um, hurricane straps on the roof. So our roof supposedly can withstand like 150 mile per hour winds. I hope you never get to test that by the way. I know. Gosh, I do. <laughs> now you were the veterinarian for your community, kind of like the rescue vet and did, were, were all the horses okay or yeah, I okay? was surprised. Everybody was fine. So we just like prepared beforehand. Like our neighborhood is actually a pretty tight knit community. So um, we have a really active horse club and a really active Facebook. So everybody marked their horses. Everybody took pictures of their horses before the storm. And um, 
we are, you know, we have a special Facebook page where we have pictures of all the people's pets. So if you find a dog or a cat, you can just go on the Facebook page. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. As you can just scroll through and see. Um, so all the animals were labeled and also some of the people that evacuated, but left their animals, let us know. So we could go check on them the next morning. Cause there were some people that just couldn't take all their animals. Uh, but they, they left. That so has to be hard. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. So, but you know, we have a lot of people that have chickens and goats and cows and all that. You just can't take a whole farm of animals. Right. So Denise, Denise had to leave in Ocala, our guest wrangler. She had to leave her 12 horses because it was getting so bad and her house wouldn't have been safe if it had yeah. been really bad. So she had to leave just praying that the next day when she, if she could get back, which was hard to do, yeah. um, that they were going to be there. And I, I just can't even imagine what was going through her mind that night. No, it's awful. It's awful to, I mean, that's one of the reasons I couldn't leave. Cause I, and I, I would have sent the horses to North Carolina. If I had known earlier, I would have just shipped them up. And that but was I the did, thing. You weren't supposed to get anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry about that. So I didn't know, but if, if it was going to hit us, um, if, if I was on the West coast, I would have, you know, like everybody evacuated, I mean, on the East coast. But we didn't think we were going to get a big hit. Yeah, I know. It was it was just a it was a surreal couple of days. It does seem that way. And you know, I was just we just talked to Emily who's over in Wellington with her 14 horses and she just sounded exhausted. I mean, just exhausted. And Jamie just made the point that for everybody outside the area, that hurricane was a week ago, but we're all still living it and the trees are down everywhere and people's houses and I mean, have been Oh, it makes yeah. me think of Houston too. I mean, they're still yeah. living it too. They're yeah. still going through disasters. So these things are not over. They're just they're for the people living in it. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You, you know, I said I said this this morning to Mo, and I, I I don't know how to say this without sounding callous, but what happens is immediately after this happens, like with Joe's case where his house is destroyed, immediately after when it happens, you're very thankful that all your pets and your animals are fine and you're okay. But then then the reality sets in a couple days later that you're okay, but all of this stuff that's wrong, that your house is gone or you're flooded or you're, all of that, you're dealing with for the next six months. And then yeah. all of a sudden it doesn't seem okay anymore. You know, that, right. that, that thankfulness goes away after a few days. You're still thankful. I don't know if I'm explaining this right. No, but, you are. But you're in the weeds. I mean, you're, you're just yeah. dealing, yeah. right? Well, I think um, what people don't realize, well, first of all, in Florida, when you have a hurricane, we didn't have much flooding. So I think that's pretty good because it's like there and it's over. But you do, are dealing with it. In Houston, they, I mean, they had to wait days and days till the water receded. So that's like a longer time. But uh, like people don't realize that, like for our practice, for instance, people all canceled before the hurricane because who you don't need dog acupuncture, you know, the week before yeah. the hurricane. <laughs> right. Right. So we, yeah. And then after like, we probably won't get, um, a lot of our clients probably won't reschedule for at least two weeks after. Also, we've had some that say, look, I have to put it off for a while because 
they have damage, they have bills, blah, blah, blah. No, so, it piles up. There's diff- definitely, I mean, yeah. not even a trickle down effect. It's like a huge rolling snowball down a hill of people that stuff like this affects. And yeah. you know, your business and your practice, I think the only guys that are doing well and getting paid every day are gas station attendants and yeah. power line workers. And landscapers. <laughs> yeah, and landscapers. <laughs> Trick yeah, but cars. so we have to assume our business, we, we're going to say, okay, this month, like we have a month of lost business, re- really. Yeah. And we're, and a lot of small businesses, not, not just veterinarians, a lot of small businesses like shops, um, you know, any kind of small business service. Like my friend uh, runs the Boost Mobile shops. He has five Boost Mobile shops. So they were out of power for two weeks. Like there's no sales there for two weeks. He's still paying the rent on his buildings. You know, they have damage, whatever. So it affects a ton of local small businesses. And, um, you know, I, I went to Arcadia last weekend, Arcadia and Sebring. I, I was um, over that way and they got hit by the eye and they're kind of in the center of the state. And that's kind of a poor area because it's in the middle of Florida and they're agricultural. And there was like, I mean, we are so lucky in Sarasota now that I saw Arcadia. Those towns are still without power. There's lots of stores that are still closed. There were like huge lines at the gas station, like what I saw with you, Glenn, when when you guys were evacuating. And um, there's just like ripped roofs ripped off of barns. There's and the rivers are flooding still there. And that's a week after the hurricane. So we all are thinking we're getting back to normal. And here are these people that got hit by the eye are still, you know, they still don't have power. The grocery store has no food on the shelves. Yeah. It's, it's scary. It's a lot of things you don't think about until you actually are in the situation. And I know we've been talking about it a lot uh, this morning. And uh, but we did want to check I I do need to update you guys on my mama, okay? Because she lives in Florida. Oh, yes. Yeah, we talked about her. You were mad at her. (laughs) Well, it's always like, why do I have to beg you to leave? So so she's, (laughs) she's preparing her home and getting supplies. So... Um, because they're going to leave, they're going to leave. It's, you know, just my daughter's such a jerk making me leave this, you know, (laughs) hurricane. So what does my mama do? She and her husband go to the Walmart to get some supplies. My mom, this is not funny. It's funny now. It's not that funny. It's kind of funny. She falls down in the parking lot and breaks a rib. And then she's like, I can't leave. I can't be in the car. I can't. So she <laughs> rode out the hurricane because she had a broken rib. I'm like, Mama. Oh, and this is all your fault. <laughs> and oh it's God. all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just still in so much pain. I was just, I got this broken. She goes, Jamie, you don't understand what it's like to have this kind of pain. I'm like, Mama, <laughs> Mama, you were there when my horse kicked me in my ribs and broke all of them on the right Ow. side when I was 16 years old. I'm like, Mama, what do you? talking about i don't understand you have one rib broken you big wuss get out of bed and evacuate from this freaking hurricane are you crazy like oh my rib hurts so the house falling down on top of me but that wouldn't hurt at all <laughs> sorry I'm venting so oh yeah God. good times good times what city does your mother live in 
she's actually in Palm Coast, and they they're fine. They didn't get they, yeah Jacksonville near her though got flooded. Big yeah, time. so they're yeah. south of Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. They were kind of in this mystical, magical area that didn't get hit. And of course, like, see, I told you, I was right. I didn't oh need to leave. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but they're happy. They lost power for like forty five minutes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I told you. I told you we didn't have to leave. Well, you know, also I was watching people coming back. I think evacuating if if you don't plan to leave for like a week at least, coming back seemed even worse. Yeah. Um yeah. because it looked like people were sitting in traffic forever, there was still no gas, and now like nobody's going to help you because you're just coming back to your house. When you're leaving, everybody's like all positive and like, "Oh, we're all in this together." Coming back. Oh my god. I'm sure there was a lot of fighting. All right. Well, thanks, Wendy, for joining us. We have to get on to with the rest of the show. All right. Thanks for calling. Glad Glad you're okay. okay. Thanks, guys. I'm glad you're okay, too. Love you, too. Our farm's a mess. We're moving to yours next this weekend. So get our room ready, okay? Your room's always ready. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. (laughs) Bye. Send my mama down. She needs a veterinarian. (laughs) She's got a broken rib. She's dying. I'll wrap her up with vet wrap. She'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you, Wendy. Right. I can't believe she said to me, you've, you just haven't, you don't understand this pain. I'm like, mama, I, I broke four at once and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, oh yeah, that's right. All well, right. this one really hurts. <laughs> well, you know, it probably does. I'm it's all sure relative, it right? It's, I'm sure it does. I'm not taking anything away from you, but. <laughs> all right. Let's give uh, Dr. Chang a call. It's his time to check in for his monthly visit from Omega Alpha Equine. Well, as usual, once a month, we get to sit down and have the honor of talking to Dr. Chang. And Dr. Chang, it is allergy season here. It's fall. Ugh, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm a mess. I, I'm almost, I'm so amazed now because I'm saying to myself, where did my summer go? It's all gone. And we're talking about fall already. And, you know. And as you as you very well know, fall is allergy season for a lot of a lot of people, and also for animals. I know I suffer from allergies and seasonal allergies, so I have my itchy eyes, etc. But I know the poor horses can't complain, so all you see from them is a runny nose, <clears throat> you know, all that froth and mucus, etc. And they probably have problems breathing if you exercise them. And, and, and well, that's a question mm-hmm. I have too, because the horses, when they start to work, they do that cough, five or six mm-hmm. c- clearing coughs. Is that mucus? I always kind of thought that was like dirt or something. Well, it, it, well, it's not mucus per se, but it's an irritation in the throat. Okay. And the irritation can be caused by mucus, right? Because if you have mucus buildup, that causes an irritation. And then the body's natural uh, attempt is to clear that irritation so is to get it, cough it out. And that, that's mm-hmm. what the horses are trying to do when they cough like that. So it could be anything. It could be the mucus. It could be the fact that the reactants are something in the air that, that causes, that, that irritates the throat. So it gets a cough reflex going. All right. Gotcha. So, so, so why is fall an allergy season as well? You would think spring, but man, it's just brutal right now. Well, in the fall, maybe there's more molds or there's certain molds that come out. There's certain flowers that, that only bloom in the fall. You know, uh, the horses might be allergic to things that, like I know for, on the human side, right? I'll say this, I'm allergic to ragweed. So if I'm in a place where there's a lot of ragweed, well, God help me, right? I, I'm running those. <laughs> 
etc. You know, for me, it's you know, I, I will live on antihistamines. I, I will I will live on my lung flush. I live on my the human version of respiratory, which is called respiri. Right, all those things. Uh, I'm a walking basket case, but you know what? I'm functional at least. Mm-hmm. Right. I right. wish I could say I can cure it, but it isn't. Right. And I and I do all my my liver flush and so on. So what I would say for allergy season for the horses, first and foremost, do a liver flush. So that clean out that liver. Um, and the reason I say clean out that liver is because a lot of the allergens, that, the, the toxins that come into the system, is cleared by the liver. If the liver is in tip-top shape, it, it, it has the ability to clean out, get rid of those toxins faster. But a lot of people are looking also at the um, symptomatic treatment. So you have your runny nose, so in the horse's case, frothing, and, and, and also the cough and so on. Start off by giving it some respiri. Some people may top it off by adding a little bit of extra lung flush because respiri, respiratory, sorry, is our is our three-in-one formula. It has the airwaves, which is a bronchodilator. It has the herbal the herbal cough, which is our cough cough um, remedy, and and it also has uh, our lung flush, which helps get rid of mucus. Uh, but it's three-in-one. So that's usually the first line of defense. Uh, if that keeps your horse in, um, in control, meaning the mucus and the coughing, etc., you're good to go. Sometimes I do know some horses are, are worse than others, or some people live in an area where, for whatever reason, um, there's more pollen, there's more mold, whatever it is. The horses react even worse. You, you can add a little, add some um, lung flush to it or add some herbal cough to, to your regimen. Right, and that improves. You get much better improvement there. For most people, though, they will see that the respiratory, the respiratory is sufficient. But as I said, you can always add extra. Um, but make sure you do the cleansing part. The cleansing part is is really important at this time of the year. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so my my liver cleanse of vodka is probably not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't suggest the vodka part for the horses because there's something called FEI testing, right? <laughs> Does that I, test, and, Dr. And, Chang? Does that test alcohol? Alcohol, alcohol, alcohol tests, but liver flush, lung flush, respiratory, do not test. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> See, that's why I've never really won anything huge, Glenn. <laughs> this is awesome. So so we've got the, when you have the respiratory and the lung flush, kind of explain the differences of what those two things do. Okay. The, the respiratory is about three in one. And, and because most of the time, when, when somebody says they have breathing issues, you don't know if it's too much mucus, Right, expector, and or if you need an expector, get get rid of it, or or if you have um, bronco di, um, bronco spasms where where the the, the airways um, constrict, right? Right. Or it's a combination of all three sometimes. So when we put that resp free product together, it looks after all three, right? But sometimes, as I said, you know, every horse is individual. Every horse is different. Everybody's problem is slightly different. So sometimes you may have horses who have more mucus, and its major problem is the mucus. So if you if if you think your major problem is the mucus, you do the lung flush, or you you add more lung flush to it, and basically lung flush 
one of the things it does, it gets rid of, of, the, um, of the mucus a lot better. Now, people will ask me, well, why, you know, why can't you get something of equal strength in all three? I said, well, we can't do that because whether I like it or not, not all the herbs have the same, same power to treat certain um, symptoms or ailments, right? So right. this is why, why we had to, to sort of pick our, pick our, our problems that we're focusing on and, right. and, and put it together that, that way. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And so is the respirafree something uh, our, and the lung flush is something that should just be used seasonally or just once, or do you recommend a horse that has allergies stay on it all the time? A horse that has allergies can stay on it all the time. Um, it, as I said, it doesn't test. Um, it's not harmful for your horses at all, meaning that you 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 won't have a horse that that just because they've been on it a long time that that needs to to have extra extra special treatment, right? What you'll have is a horse that will breathe better. Especially you have, I know we have horses, especially older horses that have COPD. They do very well on our respiratory product. Right. Right. We've had a lot of people who who's, who are barrel racing, for example, and they say, you know, th- their horses had a hard time breathing, and they were ready to retire the horse, and he's back to barrel racing. You know, I've had uh, two two or three people I know personally who've told me that. Well, it's Um, it's veterinary and recommended. Dr. Zhang, when I was a vet tech in Georgia, I didn't know you were a mega alpha at all. And the veterinarian that I was a tech for, there were so many seasonal allergies that we would see. And I mean, like horses having trouble breathing in Georgia. And he always prescribed respiratory and lung flush. So I, it's, it's veterinary and recommended for sure. And and that's how I, I knew about you guys in the first place. So I, it's, it's awesome. It works really well. And we are so proud to sponsor, to have you as a sponsor for our show. We, we, we only use things and talk about things that we believe in and, and your products are amazing. Well, thank you. And and it's always an honor for us to be on your show. Thank you for us. Thank you, Dr. Chang. And take care and best of luck with the hurricane, the aftermath of the hurricane. Thank you. Appreciate that. Take care. And now, before we get to Leslie from Horse Nation, we're going to do a little teenage social media drama. That judge hates chestnuts. She doesn't like ponies. This judge just hates me and she has no idea what she's talking about. I'm sure you all totally know that girl, Melissa. She (laughs) is the one that constantly blames their crappy riding on the judge. The judge is literally trained to judge you. She's been judging for longer than you've been alive. Hello? How come your trainer won't tell you why you lost? Probably because, like, you totally freak out on the trainer when she tells you you're doing it wrong. It's not about the ribbon, Melissa. It's about learning, Melissa. Who was she talking to again? (laughs) God, you could just picture these teenagers, too. (laughs) Melissa. Hate Melissa. (laughs) And they'll be best friends going out next week. They probably are best friends. (laughs) Do you have another one? Yeah, I do. Here we go. Announcement. Announcement. Taps, Mike. Tap, tap, tap. Everyone listening, 
Though this may come as a shock, a more expensive helmet does not equal a better rider. What? <laughs> really? But she has a custom Sam shield and she has a Truxel, so it doesn't matter. As long as you're wearing a show-appropriate helmet, and it must be black for hunters, your riding skills will show what respect you deserve as a rider and what ribbons you will get, not the brand name on your helmet. I'm, like, so sick of people thinking of helmets as status symbols. They are pieces of equipment that can be bought by anyone. Not even horse people can buy them. And people who can afford them, they do not reflect on how well you can ride. Spend your money on training, not equipment. And I promise you, it will pay off in the show ring. Emoji of a chicken. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) You can't make that up. There's a chicken emoji after why? I want to. I want to write this girl. But I, I, I totally agree with you. Why the chickens? <laughs> and there's no envy there, is there? None at all. No envy of that custom. <sighs> just because I have a truck <laughs> does not mean I don't ride like I own a stamp shield. Okay. And, and oh, by the way, this is something I totally with the hurricane and everything lost track of. It was uh, International Helmet Awareness Weekend, wasn't it? See, I did that in honor of. International Helmet Awareness Weekend. Well, we want to thank everybody who bought a new helmet that never had one before, or if you did have one, you're just replacing it. We want to thank you for doing that and for protecting your heads. So you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> you got a better deal on a Sam Shield. Now you look like you're a really good rider, even though you're totally not. You just like pay to have the good equipment. But you know what's really going to be told is whether you can ride or not. Okay. <laughs> And the judge is going to hate your horse anyway. And on that note, let's bring Leslie into this. Of course, Leslie is from Horse Nation. She hasn't been on in a while Uh, since she got back from, she's been busy and we've been hurricaned out. So we'll hope to get her on here. Leslie, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Leslie. Welcome back. It's good to hear your voice again. Oh, true fact. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. <laughs> Feels like it's been forever. It has been forever. So, Leslie, what's going on? Well, um, let's see. I finally finished after um, like the most epic uh, bout of writer's block since my graduate the- thesis, which I never did finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Like I, I like went to, you know, I uh, was doing this. Uh, doing research in Europe. Like literally I went to Europe to like do research to Barcelona to do research on my graduate thesis. And like, I had the outline, I had it approved. I had like drafts of it and I never finished it. Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) you know what you did finish my friend, you finished the damn Mongol Derby. That's true. That's true. (laughs) And today I've got the um, final uh, edition of it going up. So, oh, my gosh. Good. The end, where you cross the finish the line. Yes. Leslie, I've got to tell you, just this past week, I was sitting there thinking, did I miss the rest of the Derby story? Because I went online. So I went online. I'm pouring around. And then I saw something about you having having some issues writing it. Well, you know what, man? 
it was it was a brutal race. It really like I saw the bottom of myself out there. Um, and I sort of I think I, you know, I got home. Well, to start with, you know, I think you can't really during the race, you can't process anything. You're so busy just being in the moment and trying to get through the moment and being on guard that you can't like literally you can't let yourself feel anything. Right. Right. Um, and, um, so because that would mean letting your guard down and getting hurt. So, um, so I got, you know, I got back to Ulaanbaatar. I was in Ulaanbaatar for a couple of days and, and I just kept, and I was just weepy for two days, just like, couldn't stop crying. Couldn't, you know, I, I we had been looking forward to the finish party and I kind of like bailed on that. And, um, and I was just, and I was just like, what's wrong with me? And I think I was kind of finally starting to process some of the things that I was feeling out that I was experiencing out on the step, but didn't have the, you know, sort of the, um, where, you know, you, the opportunity out there to, to really do anything with. Um, and so, and then I got home and sort of cranked out three parts of the series and sort of, a Oh my God, thank God I'm home. Adrenaline rush. And then kind of just, and then crashed a little bit. Um, you know, um, I think that I feel like the Derby kind of, it's like it puts you in a boxing ring with everything that like it figures out like what your weaknesses are <laughs> and then like throws you in a boxing ring with those things. It sounds like you're, you have a little like PTSD, like post-traumatic stress. Is that kind of what's going on a little bit? Or, you know, sometimes when I'm just really, really tired, I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, I think there were, there were definitely some things going on that I didn't quite understand about halfway through the race. Um, I started having panic attacks every morning when I'd wake up, um, like just kind of feeling like. I like I couldn't figure out where I was. My chest was tight. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know who was, um, you know, like in the who was in the sleeping back next to me, and that kind of carried over, which was a little scary, um, to home. You know, I'd wake up and I wouldn't recognize my own husband. <laughs> you know, um, oh, which is terrifying. You know, um, but yeah, I think it's um, yeah, I think it's. It was, it's just carryover from, I mean, it really is a traumatic experience. I think being in that situation where it's just, it's not just like sort of the physical difficulty of, of the race was, um, like I kind of expected that, but it was the psychological piece of it that I didn't really anticipate, you know, like sort of the, the psychological wear and tear of being, that much on guard 24 seven, you know, um, and seeing people getting hurt around you and, and that just absolute uncertainty of like at any given in a split second, you could be on the ground kind of thing, um, was I think really, really, really testing. And it's, you know, it's definitely taken me a little while to, um, you know, and, and those are things that I think that you don't, 
necessary like things things like I you know like I've got some skills like I'm good with people animals like me I can make jello shots <laughs> I have a large vocabulary <laughs> um but like things that I'm not good at and will readily admit to it feeling vulnerable admitting that I'm not okay asking for help failing <laughs> yeah um you know I think those are things that in our culture like we go out of our way to avoid because they make us, you know, because we can't, we don't want, we don't, we equate that sort of like discomfort of those things with, um, with not succeeding and we just go out of our way to avoid them. And maybe I think it's something that we need to practice, <laughs> you know? Um, so what do you I think, mean, Leslie? <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, uh, this is tough, and and but what do you think you've gained from it? So you've gone through this this process a little bit of dealing with the emotions now. What what do you think? Have you gained something from this whole experience? Absolutely. I mean, I think that I think that the you know the Derby has offers you this really incredible incredibly unique opportunity to sort of dive deep in yourself and, and deal with some of the things that, uh, uh, that are difficult for you on a level that you couldn't, you know, that you couldn't really, you don't have the, (laughs) uh, in everyday life, like we, we probably don't get down to that level, um, and, and get to know a part of yourself. Um, like what's down there, what do I have to work with? And, um, I've never really had the desire to actually, to be honest. No, no, <laughs> much less like pay $13,000. to do it. <laughs> um, but you know, I think you, you figure out, you learn some things about yourself and how you, um, and how you react in those situations. And, and that's something that you can carry with you to, um, you know, like ultimately this was a, the Mongol Derby was a situation within my control. It was something that, um, you know, at any given that I signed up to do. And at any given point, if I felt like I was in too deep, I could have pressed the SOS button. And, um, and, but most of the time in life, when we get to those sorts, into those sorts of situations, they are not in our control at any point there is no SOS button when you're in a crisis situation whether it's physical whether it's emotional in in our daily lives right and we all are going to be we all come come up against those um crises well, there's a whole throughout. state of florida that I would would appreciate just what you just said mm-hmm. so um and so you know i'd rather uh, yeah i mean and that's and that's something that I you know I keep thinking about you know I'm like yes I was I was suffering but in a way that I sort of signed up to do not like you know folks in Houston not like the folks in Florida um, you know it was really like I it was a blessing for me. <laughs> that doesn't um, change the emotions though. I mean, it doesn't yeah. change the result whether yeah. you signed up or not, right? Yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, I can't. And that's another thing. Um, I just have to, you know, that's been kind of difficult. It's just like accepting, like, this is the way you feel, and that's okay. A couple questions for you. Um, okay. The first question 
Would you ever do it again? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I feel like I'd be so much uh, more prepared Yeah, going, going into it a uh, second time. I feel like, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I may have used up all my cat wives and <laughs> this the one first go around. And I feel like I don't know what else I could get out of out of it that I, you know, didn't get out of it this time. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to actually answer that. Cause you know, it's really <laughs> just a hypothetical really. Uh, the second question is how does somebody like Devin Horn keep doing crap like this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, that's another, um, question, um, there's, there's this, there's this lyric, uh, from my Amy man, do you, I don't, Amy man's one of my favorite, favorite singers, artists, okay. and she has this lyric in one of her songs that's like, there's no prize, just a smaller size. So I'm wearing the shoe till it fits. Then I'm calling it quits. And, and I think like, that's another thing that I've struggled with. And I think people that are you know, like, like, it's like, well, you know, people ask me like, well, what's the next thing? How do you top that? And I think, um, and I'm, I think at some point I go through my life, I have been sort of going through my life being like, okay, what's, you know, how do I top that? Like, what's, that's the mentality. Like what's next, what's the next challenge. And at some point you kind of have to be, you're like, okay, what are you chasing? You know, when are you ever going to be happy? And kind of, knowing like when to call it quits, you know, like not that I'm like retired from adventure and <laughs> challenging myself, but you know, like, I don't know, you know, I, th I think that's a fine line for everybody. Leslie Wiley. Oh my God. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> that's the only thing really I can think of that's scarier than the monkey. <laughs> I know. You're like, what's the next big challenge? I don't know. I'm like, let me tell you what it is. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yup. It's your time. That's the only thing you could possibly do next. That is like that terrifying. And that's a lifetime challenge. That just never ends. It is. And when people will say, what's next? You're like, I'm pregnant. And they'll, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> They will leave you alone. <laughs> well, Leslie, uh, I, I appreciate you sharing all of that. It was That's, tough it's, to for you this it's morning. It's tough. And I, under, I understand so much of how you feel, too, especially, you know, with your eventing career and having that pony that you're having so much fun with. You know, obviously, you buy a pony. You're not trying to go to Rolex, I would imagine. And I'm kind of the same place with my eventing career where I have a Mustang. I'm not trying to get to Rolex anymore. I'm just trying to have fun doing it. And probably uh, eventing is a little bit like that to a lot of people at some point you go, okay, I'm just going to do it and have fun. And this is one of those things in life where you're like, you know what? I did that. You don't have to prove anything else, Leslie. You don't have to do anything, but just have fun and have a baby. Then you'll challenge yourself the rest of your life. <laughs> well, well, but I, want you, but I want everyone. She's not signing up for the baby thing. <laughs> uh, well, I'll think on it. I'll get back. To she you did that. not just drop the bomb of like, oh my God, you're right. I am pregnant. No, no she didn't do that. <laughs> she did not. 
<laughs> no, no. Everybody um, will leave you alone if you do get pregnant, though. Just so right. you know. It'll be a whole new thing that they'll bother you with. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one thing I do, I want everyone to know is how incredibly comforting it's been to come home. And I've just had this sort of like warm blanket to cuddle up into of like love and support from people that I don't even know and how much that means to me. And, and I've kind of just had to um, like, just uh, like (laughs) ground myself or like put, you know, like wall myself off a little bit for a little while, you know, while I sort of get my feet back on the ground, but that that's just been, that was like, you'll never, like, you guys will never know, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to say all my thank yous yet, but, um, but just a blanket statement, <laughs> like, you guys will never know how much that means to me. Like the, everything from, you know, uh, well wishes to like the care package that care packages that the, you know, um, horse radio network, um, auditors group sent me just, like that's the stuff that's been, you know, like get me get me through. Well, sure. we're happy to have been a part of this adventure. I know it's gotta be tough. You prepare a whole year and then and now it's over and there's a letdown and there's just like some drama. So I cannot wait to go to Horse Nation today and read the rest of the article. Her la- part part forty seven is gonna be out today. <laughs> Right. Horsenation.com. <laughs> Leslie Wally, as always, thank you so we much. We love for you, being Leslie. On. We love you. Love you. We love you more. Like you've grown. You're a different person. I don't even know She's who you a grown-up now. It's awesome. She's an adult. <laughs> I'm never gonna be an adult. Don't worry. <laughs> We're still gonna do jello sh- shooters at Rolex, though. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right. a different person. <laughs> Just <laughs> Horsenation.com. Thanks, Leslie. Okay. Right, Bye, guys. Mwah. Mwah. Wow, that, she. Uh, I knew that she was going through a little bit of that, but I don't think I quite knew to the extent. Yeah. And uh, boy, it's tough. That's tough. You got to hear the emotion. What a show today. <laughs> Her uh, husband has been so supportive too. I wonder what he's going through. You know. Well, Gosh. when you wake up, when your wife wakes up and doesn't recognize you and is probably screaming, that's probably traumatic for a uh, husband too. Oh gosh, my heart just breaks. Uh, I know. I'm in. Let's Are go. We I'm change going next gears year. a little bit. Okay. Are we changing gears? What are we doing next? <laughs> well, let's. Yeah, we're going to talk to Monty. Let's get Monty on the phone. Is that Jamie? It yes. is. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. At kind of last minute, I know Debbie woke you up and handed you the phone. So <laughs> we appreciate it. So what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is there is something going on. If you book a course in September uh, from Monty Roberts International University, one of the courses, you get 10% off. And so w- there's a fire sale going on and there's a lot of really great courses coming up. And one of the courses that's coming up very soon I think it comes starts in October is the intro course and it's the introductory certification course. And I thought who better to tell us about what that course means and what it means to you than the man himself. So can you describe a little bit about the intro course, what it is and where it's going to take people? We just got back from uh, Missoula, Montana, And I can't begin to tell you how I'm walking on air because we won five international awards for our videos. It was just incredible. 
And one of the things that we learned up there, Jamie, was that people don't even know that we have a school. And we, we haven't done it properly to get the public to know that we have a nonprofit school here and we have courses that can cause you to learn my concepts in a very short period of time. The course that's coming up next is uh, the 9th of October and um, we have people coming from all over the world for it. <clears throat> the, the outside United States people, they know more about my school than people do here. So I'm here to tell you that there's no prerequisites to coming to the intro course. Uh, anybody can take it, but it is a prerequisite to go on to the advanced course should you want to do that. And um, we, we talk about breeding. We talk about horse care, nutrition, and um, equine phys- psychology. And it has, as I suggested, a global attendance we need to do more here. There's not enough students coming from the United States. And these people work really hard to go to the basics of my concepts and get those to the people in a two-week period of time. And there's a lot to do. It's jam-packed. And uh, actually, you can go to MontyRoberts.com, look at the calendar, and you'll figure out how to get through to the school uh, so that you can book Uh, The people who actually come here, their fees that they pay, pay about one-third of running it. So they're getting a really good deal. But we want them to get a good deal. That's why we made it a nonprofit school. But we're here. We're ready to teach. And um, we've got the the place to do it. And I'm, I'm really excited about turning over a new leaf and letting people know that we have a school on this property and we're serious about running it. Well, Monty, this, uh, the listeners here will remember when I was going through the course and, and trying to prepare to come back and take the, the intro test and do the exams because there is a lot of, you know, in the exams, you've got to do a good join up and long lining and some dually halter work, you know, some of the basic fundamentals of your concepts, but also there's a dang 500 page manual of everything you could possibly want to know about a horse. It is in there. It is unbelievable. And I use so much of that. I got, I'd never really studied foaling and then I had a filly. And so, so much of that really came into play a lot of the lameness stuff a lot of the it's colic and lameness anything you ever wanted to know about a horse and you thought man i wish they had a school for this they do <laughs> they do <laughs> they yeah. do and 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 uh, jamie we have students all over the world that have changed their life and really moved into internationally high level horsemanship because of going to one course here and when this person in Missoula, Montana, decided to give me something called the Icon Award. That they did it because people were coming to them saying, "I'm a filmmaker. I've made this film, and I went to a Monty Roberts demonstration, and it changed my life. And I'm making films now on a, a nonviolent way to train horses." And she, it went over and over again. So she called us and said that they wanted to give us this award. And then my team here said we should enter some of our, our um, videos. And we win five international awards really? for them. So this school is responsible for that. It really is. Because I wouldn't have been up there. 
had it not been for people coming to one of my demonstrations, starting to learn my concepts, or coming on a course like uh, Eduardo Moraida did from, from Brazil, who has become probably the leading purveyor of information about horses in Brazil based on one course that he came to. Um, and then it just goes on and on from there. We have these people all over the world. And I'm not telling you that every person that comes is suddenly going to become a genius, but I am saying that it is amazing how much information we can put through, and you're a particular good example for that. Oh, is he saying that you just became a genius? Is that what I heard? <laughs> no, he was saying I was a good example for the ones who aren't going to become a genius. Oh, okay, I got that wrong. <laughs> no, Sorry. that's not true. That's not true. Well, uh, Jamie can tell you that when she came to me, there was one little problem that doesn't really mean a little problem because her horse was trying to take off with her and stuff. There was a problem. And I don't think I spent more than 20 minutes getting information to Jamie that changed her life with horses. And I believe she would be the first to admit it because that horse suddenly was doing the thing that she felt he just couldn't do. And, um, I, I, this happens to me constantly. I went one day to a horse in England that became the international supreme champion of the horse of the year show based on one day's work where he wouldn't stand still. And now he stands still. So little things can happen from tiny seeds. Uh, we can grow big trees. It's true. Um, just you helping me with Thor and, and he's never going to be the international champion, but my God, he can't be a, he just is a different animal because of these ways that you teach the nonviolent ways. It changes the way that you think, you know, and I'm not a particularly violent person, never have been, you know, but the way that it just changes the way how you perceive the horse, you know, the way that you think you can communicate. I, I communicate different to the animals now after going to the courses and it works and it just has been such a blessing and, and knowing about your school and learning about your school has been such a blessing. And, you know, this first course that you have, the intro course, it goes from the 9th to the 20th. That's what you said. It's two weeks long. However, not everybody has two weeks. So go to the join of course. It's October 23rd through the 26th. The long lining course, the 27th through the 28th, you get the same concepts just in a couple days and you get to practice. It's hands on. So those are some of the courses that are coming up in October and it is 10% off if you book within the month of September. So you got a couple more weeks to make your plans Book now, 10% off for all of us, uh, all of you guys. Is there a code now. or something, Jamie? No, just for all of September. And and if, of course, if you heard about it on here, tell them. Yeah, that please you, tell them about it. That you heard about it from us. So. <laughs> Monty, you know, uh, congratulations case, on all the awards, by the way. Sorry. Oh, thank you. But in the case of yourself, Jamie, you didn't come here a violent person. Nobody's going to say that. You weren't violent about what you were doing, but you were being told by traditional horse people mm -hmm. that you have to demand that this horse does this thing. And right. so you were demanding that the horse do it. At least you were trying to the best you could uh, uh, to get this horse not to run off with you or pick up speed and go. And I said, let him pick up speed and go. Then correct him for it in this particular way. And we did it causing the horse to want to do it. Is that not true? 
Absolutely, it is. It, it, I and it's funny because I always say to my students in lessons, and I've said it for a long, long time, that you don't learn by being perfect when you come to a lesson. You learn by making mistakes. Exactly. And this, it's, I don't know why I never put that together with horse training, because they learn by making mistakes. If they're perfect or you make them, they go to take off and you stop them. You know, you don't let them make that mistake. Just like when you go to get on and mounting, you know, let them walk off and then correct them. Uh, they don't learn by being perfect. They learn by making the mistake. And that's exactly what you taught me to allow Thor to do. Let him run off. Great. Now put him to work and let's change his mind about how taking take the value out of that. So uh, exactly. the, what you taught me just in those, you know, that 20 minutes you say, I do believe it's 20 minutes every day to get it through my head. But uh, <laughs> what you taught me has changed everything with horses and I, I, my horses ha, are all, they thank you for it Monty because they're all so much better and it's brought a piece to this farm the little pony the little pony that you brought that mm -hmm. was so difficult um, I'm sure that that pony has changed his life and more than 90% of the traditional educators lesson givers of the horse world still demand from the horses it's changing. The world's changing and it's getting better, but we have to meet their needs and allow them to make mistakes, correct the mistakes and leave them alone. And you'll find horses getting happier, coming to you, wanting to be with you. Um, it's, it's such a gratifying thing to have happen. And, uh, we couldn't have, Debbie and I couldn't have been happier with what happened in Missoula, Montana. I just thought I was going up there to get an award and come home. And it turned out to be a real great learning curve for me, too. And that's Montana. That's awesome. That's cowboy country up there and, and <laughs> a different kind that's of cowboy sure. country than I your know, cowboy country. It's changing, Jamie. It's really changing. Fantastic. Well, Monty, thank you so much for being on and thank you for coming to talk to us about this. Again, you can go to MontyRobertsUniversity.com or you can go to MontyRoberts.com. Any of those websites will lead you to finding courses at Flag is Up Farms and the International Learning Center. Monty, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We love you. Thank you. I love thank you. Thank you, Jamie, and continued good luck. Thanks, <laughs> Well, what a show today. You talk about emotions up and down and uh, had a little fun, too. Uh, we're glad to be back. It's fun to, to talk to you again. It seemed, did, did seem for us like a month. I don't know about you, but it seemed like a month. And we were supposed to be on vacation this week. I know. Enjoy. How was that? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm on an RV right now touring Texas. Uh, um, and yeah. it's, it's wonderful. Uh, yep. Hey, by the way, I do need some days off in October, so maybe you can take your vacation when I do. Oh, so just sounds like a plan. <laughs> sounds like a plan to me. We're going to need one. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, now, don't go away, because we have something yeah, very special seriously. coming up. Um, we have Penny Chenery. We did an interview with her on episode 730, God, a thousand episodes ago, on August the 23rd of 2013. And Penny Chenery, if you don't know who she is, then... Don't listen to our show anymore. We don't want uh, to you. Uh, they, they know who she is. Everybody <laughs> yeah. knows who she is. So uh, it was a truly unique interview, and I know that all of us had goosebumps the entire time. So we're going to play that for you. I wanted to just give you a little word on the rest of the week. Tomorrow we'll have the CHA. It's going to be recorded. Probably all the shows for the rest of this week are going to be recorded, not live. We'll try and get live back next week. 
So, but we will have the Certified Horsemanship Association show tomorrow. Jamie will be back on Wednesday, and then we have the NATRC on Thursday, and then we'll do some really bad ads on Friday. I know you're all missing that. So, we will have all the shows for you this week. It's just they're, they're, they will not be live. So we'll, we'll try and get them out by noontime every day. I have my helper, Jemmy, here, who's uh, helping us out. So uh, she just started with us a couple weeks ago. You heard her on the show. And now yeah. we're throwing her into Welcome. the deep end of the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're just throwing her in the deep end and saying, okay, you figure it out. You swim or drown, one or the other. So uh, it's good to talk to you again, Jamie. All right, Glenn. Love you. I'm so glad you guys are safe and all of our friends are safe. And I'm so sorry to everybody in Florida. And... I love you and guys. And Houston, too. Spain, Let's Gilles. not forget them. And here comes Penny Chinnery. We're also very thrilled to have some incredibly special guests with us today. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here at my computer, and directly above my head is a signed by Ronnie Turcott photo, huge photo of Secretariat winning the Belmont. And on my bookshelf next to me is Secretariat's Meadow by Kate Tweedy. And we've now currently right now got John Tweedy and Mrs. Penny Chenery on the show to welcome you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about this Penny and Red documentary. Uh, you know, it, it is such an honor because I'm such a fan of Mrs. Chenery uh, and your horse and your life. You're a, such a classy woman and, and an empowering <laughs> woman. And it's, it's, it's just an honor to have you on the show this morning. I'm pleased to be here. Well, can you just uh, just imagine that all of this would happen because of a horse? Ah, uh, well, it certainly <laughs> wasn't that happened without him. Yeah, <laughs> well, obviously, um, John. But tell a, us about a this. horse like Secretariat was so powerful in so many ways that it's not surprising that his legacy has lived on. I I can't, I can't agree with you anymore. And, and, and John, tell us about this documentary that you got to do about your mom and this horse. Well, it's been a really fun, special experience for us as a family. We of course have uh, enjoyed Secretariat's relationship with his fans for many years, and uh, Mom has uh, had the opportunity to uh, meet with so many people who've been excited about him for a long time, and she's had the desire over time, and especially since the Disney movie came out several years ago, to uh, tell the story from kind of a more personal angle. And so uh, I've been making documentaries for a few years, and we decided to sit down and do a series of interviews. And, and of course, we have a, a wealth of family photos, and uh, there were some archival film versions of the original races that had been in our family vault. Um, and had, uh, you know, the races themselves were recorded on videotape and some of the publicly available videotape is, um, uh, you know, it fades over, over the years. And we realized that some of the film prints of the, of the key races that mom had in her archives were actually better quality, uh, film prints of these events than, than are publicly available. And so we decided that, uh, you know, it's really time to, 
make mom's personal recollections available to the public and to and to release some of that archival material. So it's just been a great experience for me to work with all of that, and we're really excited about how it's coming out. And and uh, the other thing that we're really fortunate to to have is that uh, Diane Lane has agreed to narrate the film, and so it sort of brings <laughs> back some of the team that was involved in the Disney film, and so it's been great. Ms. Chenery, how has it been working with Diane Lane? Oh, I love her. Uh, we've become good friends, and even after the movie was shot and out, uh, she would sometimes call me on a Saturday night. She'd be out of town and lonely, and and uh, we've developed a, an uh a personal relationship that's been just a joy. She's a wonderful gal. Well, in the pictures and photos and, and anything I've seen you, you guys together, you look like you're truly girlfriends, and it, it's nice to see. What was it like to see somebody who you've become friends with portray your life on the big screen like she did? Well, <laughs> um, I... During the film, uh, I had a couple of times to vi- visit the set, and so I I saw her portrayal as, as it was uh, uh, being filmed, and so uh, that shock, because <laughs> it really <laughs> is weird to see somebody <laughs> playing you, um, <laughs> had uh, sort of dissolved, and then... Uh, having a chance to uh, visit her and um, talk on the phone. Um, the fact that we've become friends is, is just a, a a bonus. And right. she is so perceptive as an actress. She's picked up my mannerisms and mm-hmm. uh, the cadence of my voice and... Um, although it's weird to see someone else, after a while, I think that is me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that must be just crazy to to see. How has how have things changed for you guys as a family since since the movie came out? I mean, obviously you've been in the horse world for forever, but to to since the movies come out, have things changed? In um, within the family, or um, with just I guess guess what I want to know is after seeing yourself in the movies, and now with it being kind of the 40th anniversary of Secretariat's Triple Crown win, how much more prominent is your life in the spotlight? Well, fortunately, I live in a, in um, Colorado, in Boulder. And they don't take me seriously. Uh, <laughs> I don't live a public life anymore. And that's a good thing. 
Well, and I would just add, I think that uh, mom has never been quite out of the spotlight, and so the uh, the sort of renewed focus has been kind of a nice bonus because uh, she's been able to uh, meet with a new generation of fans who've been uh, turned on to the movie. I think a new generation of, of uh, horse-crazy girls have seen that movie and learned about the story, and that's been a, a wonderful thing. Well, I, I, I was so proud of you, Mr. Chinnery, when you pushed and pushed to have the Preakness time reviewed, and now Secretariat actually holds the record for the fastest Preakness. I, 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 how, how was that? How, how incredible is that? Well, we always knew that there was something wrong with uh, the official time, and uh, but it took um, a lot of hard work, and uh, John was involved uh, with my business partner, Leonard Lusky. And uh, will you describe the, the uh, uh, mechanics of doing that, John? Well, it was fascinating. You know, the uh, a video videotape is actually a very precise timer because it's 30 frames per second. In fact, 29.97 frames per second. And so when you take the videotape and you match it exactly against uh, the the then official record, it was very clear that Secretariat beat the record. So it was just a a process of uh, compiling that video evidence and giving the commissioners the uh, the technical uh, uh, confidence that in fact when you play out these frames of video they add up to a very precise timing to within tenths of a second and they could indeed um, say with certainty that he had beaten the record so it was it was just putting the evidence in front of them the, the people who were in the video industry back in 1974 already knew this but I think that the uh, the racing industry at that time was not ready to accept what the science of video was already able to prove even back then. But now I think we're certainly there, and and the the racing commission recognized that. Uh, that was fantastic. That was a that was a great day. Before we talk about the Secretary Festival, I have to just ask Mrs. Chenery one question, one personal question, and you, uh, you got. I mean, come on. Did you ever get? Did you ever get on Secretariat just for a second? Just throw your leg over him and, and ride him for a second. No, I didn't. Although I'm an experienced rider, I was not in very good shape in those days um, because it would have been such a tragedy if I did indulge my uh, fantasy. <laughs> and gone out, and he'd dropped his shoulder and dumped me, run <laughs> off and gotten hurt. Now, that would be a real tragedy. So, oh, uh, gosh. But also, well, he was a big, strong horse. <laughs> and uh, in, in my prime, I would have been challenged to uh, stay on him. Oh, so we know. I, uh, and, you know, the, the movie portrays him as being uh, playful but docile. Well, he wasn't. He was a big, strong stallion um, with ideas of his own. If you went to the webbing of his stall and uh, he didn't care to have you there, he would would nip. He'd say, get out of my face. And um, 
no, I had much too much respect for him and and fear for my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that because I used to gallop racehorses and I never saw one as sweet as the horse in that movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And, and in, in the documentary, you'll probably see a slightly different secretariat because there's archival footage of him right uh, right after he was retired to stud. Uh, and you really do see how powerful um, and majestic he was, but also not a horse that you would hop on lightly. No, I'm sure not. Well, I'm glad you didn't get yourself hurt, Mr. Chinnery, by hopping on him. It's probably a good thing. Um, the Secretary Foundation is going to benefit from the Penny and Red premiere, which happens September 20th. Um, it's going to be it starts at 6 p.m. at the Sales Pavilion, um, and there's a VIP cocktail reception. You can meet Mrs. Chinnery. The, the Meadow Stable team is going to be there. Bill Knack is going to be there. There's going to be a reception. There's going to be the screening. It starts at 730. It's an incredible night, and it's so affordable with the screening $40 a person. VIP tickets, either $95 or $150, includes a DVD signed by Mrs. Chenery. Uh, you can go to secretariat.com to get the tickets and to find out more. There's a run walk at Adina Springs. There's going to be a Claiborne Farm tour. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about how this all came together and, and what, what people can do with their getting involved. Well, the the uh, Secretariat Festival has been going on for a number of years. It's become a wonderful annual celebration of Secretariat's legacy and really horse racing in general. So if uh, people are able to come to Paris for that weekend, it'll just be a, a fantastic time. There'll be a ton to do. The screening will occur uh, that evening, and then folks will be around, and uh, Mom will be available to uh, meet and greet fans. And so it'll just be a, a great time. It will be. And then Saturday, we're going to have two, two my two favorite things, horses and baseball, coming together because uh, there's going to be celebrities, uh, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan, and Tony Perez, which were the big red machine in Cincinnati Reds history. They're going to be there signing autographs. You're going to meet jockeys such as Lafitte Pinquet, Pat Day, Chris McCarron. Uh, I, I, the list goes on and on. And this and is a... Ronnie Turka. And Ronnie Turk, I can't oh, well, forget him. <laughs> of course not, without a doubt. Of course he has to be there. Um, and so this is definitely something. I mean, as a horse girl, this day would be a dream come true for me to be able to tour these farms and meet these uh, meet these amazing jockeys and amazing celebrities and um, go visit where actually Secretariat stood at stud and is buried at Claiborne Farms. So um, you can find out more about that on Secretariat.com. Uh, anything else you want to add to that, uh, John? I know. We just hope folks come out and enjoy the show. When can where, how can we get a copy of this movie? That's why I was going to ask well, what happens after. When do we see it? Well, the uh, the movie is going to be uh, made available through the Secretariat.com website. Uh, we are still sort of working out the the timing. We have the premiere screening as as you've mentioned, but uh, how soon it comes out after that is a little bit still in the works. But it will be available uh, for the Christmas season for fans through Secretariat.com. I can say that. Oh, good. Yay. Okay, Glenn, put that on my Christmas list. Yeah, I have list. it on your okay. list already. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but 
It's so fantastic to talk to you guys. Our, our time is unfortunately up. I think I could talk to you forever. Actually, we do a, a show here on the Horse Radio Network called uh, Equestrian Legends. And Mrs. Chinnery, I hope someday you would consider to be part of that because you embody an equestrian legend and um, it would be an honor to have you on that show we'll we'll try to get in touch with your people and and talk to them about that but it's just been a total honor to have both you guys on the show i cannot wait to see the movie it is penny and red the life of secretariat's owners landlocked films directed by of course her son john tweedy who has been kind enough to join us you guys i can't thank you enough for being on the show it's been a blast. Certainly has. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. <laughs> An honor talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Bye bye.